BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Warning, the Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! Once again, thank you for listening to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. The Outsider's Edge is presented to you by TheChairShot.com, where we present you to always use your head. Um, Everybody, wrestling fans all involved, you guys know me. Y'all know my voice. It's your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Kyle has a delting to do. For once, I'm the one who's here. But. I had to call in a favor. Last time y'all heard me, I went international. I had to fly down to Australia to talk to my boy, Sam. But uh, as Triple H once said in the famous promo, when you have problems, you call your friends. You call your family. You call the clique. Well, I call La Familia. And I was able to get my Scottish king brother out of semi-retirement. Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody in between, I present to you Mr. Clive himself, Brian Kinsella. Clive, what's up, my brother? Are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, can I tell you the streets missed you, bro? Phil, thank you, first of all. I was saying to you just before we press record, uh, I was on Caleb Baldwin, friend of the family, Mm-hmm. Hero Hero Cast podcast a few weeks ago, talking about Winter Soldier, one of my favourite Avengers films, and I wouldn't say I got the bug, but I enjoyed talking with people 
with American accents about things <laughs> I have a passion for. <laughs> and uh, according to the Skype, which I logged into earlier, this is the first time I'll be having a, a public wrestling opinion and since June 2021. Ooh. So I feel bad saying I don't, I'm not sure if I miss the streets because I miss certain people in the streets for sure. Uh, and as you say, this is semi-retire, semi, semi, sorry, semi-retirement. So we'll see how things go. I'm not committing to anything. This is just the stars have aligned. My, my wife is working in London for four or five days. The kids are asleep. Uh, Ray Cash has some time off work. The stars have aligned, and here I am. Worked out perfect, and um, I would love to, normally I would love to have Kyle here, but that probably also contributed to it, too, because we were able to do it early today instead of having to do it at night. So, yeah, you're right. The stars in line. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention your podcast wife or maybe he's the husband. I don't know. I don't know. Y'all. I don't know how y'all lay your relationship together. But, um, yeah, and my good brother, our good friend, uh, other member of the familiar, uh, the perfect 10, Mr. Ricky, he may do a run in today. We'll see. Uh, I'm looking for him to possibly pop in. But for those of you uh, wondering, Ricky and Clive both were asked to be on tonight. So we may get both of them. I'm hoping we get both of them. But uh, and yeah, man, like I tell like I tell Clive all the time, no pressure. It's just two brothers just shooting the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about getting the bug. The last I talked with you on air and the last you were on air in general you and Rick went on hiatus It's last semi-retirement because you guys were kind of disenamored with the scene of the sport, of the business, so to speak. We just had a long talk about a couple of series of matches that got you (laughs) essentially rejuvenated. You want to talk about that real fast? So I'll give some backstory. Since... Stopping the podcast, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Shout out to the, the Social Suplex guys. I genuinely enjoyed watching wrestling more. Now, granted, the way things work, weekly schedule and whatnot, I still don't catch Raw, but I have tried my utmost to catch SmackDown on a weekly basis. There have been a couple of months here and there where I've fallen by the wayside, but most of the time I have been on board with SmackDown. And it just so happens it's been in the time with the bloodline, um, which has been something we'll talk about later, depending on the topic. It's just been fantastic, and I've really enjoyed SmackDown. I've just been able, to, like, I, I'm able to look at the social media general consensus and sometimes laugh at it, thinking, oh, that's nonsense. But I have that willpower within myself to think it's okay. They can think that if they want. I'm happy to just sit here and be quiet. But with the last couple of weeks we have seen in SmackDown, it came to pass that a certain Irishman would be challenging for the Intercontinental title in a country not far away from me in Wales. We had Seamus and Gunther in a very hard-hitting, very satisfying affair. But catching up with SmackDown today with my empty house, I realised that Imperium was facing the brawling brutes. 
I can't uh, uh, this still feels terrible. Ugh. I know. It does. But the match was not terrible. The fact that we can maybe touch on Triple H's changes so far at another point. But Fabian Eichner slash what's his name? Giovanni Vinci. Giovanni Vinci. The fact that he's back, the fact that it's the Imperium of old and they're fighting three guys and Pete Dunn slash Butch, Ridge Holland and Seamus, who have been steady regulars on SmackDown for several months now. That was such a satisfying match that I had to text Rance. I sent Rance a video message when Rance was in his bed at God knows when Central Standard Time. I was so excited and I was not disappointed at all. So it's matches like that. Those those six-man tags of everyone together. Yes, I am a big fan of organised chaos for anyone who remembers me before. And that just sated me oh so beautifully earlier. And as you can tell from my waxing lyrical about it, it's something that's brought me back to the, the forefront with regards to um, getting a set of headphones and a microphone on top of my head. Even Uncle Dave had to give him credit. He gave him five stars. And you know, he don't give right. WWE shit five stars for nothing. Um, <laughs> That's true. Man, right? What was what was the... It was like with, before Gargano and Andrade, it was like 17 years or something before there was a WWE five-star match he had given. It's ridiculous. Um, Sheamus has been fantastic. We laughed before we started recording about how literally overnight Seamus and the Brutes went from being like dastardly heels to like scrappy, like I'll fight anybody faces. And it has been perfectly seamless. You, it had, They have not missed a beat. And I don't know if that was the plan. I remember the last thing that happened before we got here was um, Drew and Seamus had that final match. The the Donnybrook, if you will. Um where kind of uh, Drew kind of put Seamus out of his misery and ended their however long feud to get the number one contendership against Roman. And then um, ever since then, Seamus kind of was being a bit more face-like. And of course, Gunther is like, I described him to you earlier as the M. Bison of the WWE. <laughs> uh, but man, you, you, I didn't know Cardiff rocked with the, I didn't know they rocked with the, uh, the Celtics like that. Because when he came out, I mean, you would have thought, like, you would have thought the queen walked in or something, like, rest in peace. But, like, you, <laughs> you know, like, like, well, hey, <laughs> or the king, I guess. Just, you would have thought, like, who's a famous Welsh footballer? Um, well, I was about to say Ryan Giggs, but he's in, he's also cancelled just now. Mm. Um, what about Tom Jones? That we yeah, well, he is the president, so yeah. <laughs> Tom Jones walked in, was about to perform. Yes, like they lost their mind for homie, and rightfully so. And then Cardiff makes sense, but I mean, Seattle, Washington was like screaming his name, bro. Like Seamus, Seamus. Hey, they got some going. <laughs> that was crazy. Just listening to that search and uproar. As Seamus was about to come in for the hot tag, you would think it was 
um, like some sort of televangelist. <laughs> grown women fainting and fanning themselves and just screaming and hollering. It was fantastic. And it, it was that, that it's the natural organic reaction that yeah. gets you, the viewer, into it as well. And the beauty of that natural organic reaction was we know that these wrestling companies, particularly WWE, have had a tendency to kind of, uh, you know, give some canned cheers to kind of boost the crowd to make them cheer louder or, or cheer how they want. You could audibly see the audience on their feet shaking and screaming. And <laughs> yes. this was they were this wasn't sit down the noise. Like they were losing their minds. So shout out to Seattle, man. That's such a great crowd. Uh Seattle's had some great moments too. That was where they had the championship celebration that they uh they kind of took over. Remember when it was uh Cena versus uh Orton and the crowd just said Fuck this, we just chanted for Darren Bryan all night. Like, they have some great crowds there. Well, that's the thing. They must be, they don't have much to cheer for these days, what with their lack of a basketball team. <laughs> well, well, hey, keep it a buck. They do have a pro basketball team, the Seattle Storm. Shout out to Sue Bird. Enjoy your retirement. Because I don't know if you've ever had the privilege to, like, really watch WNBA, but, like, the cities that don't have a pro NBA team like Las like the 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 WNBA finals is happening right now and it's the Las Vegas Aces versus the Connecticut Sun. Those cities along with like Seattle, every game 15,000 plus sold out. Oh. Yeah, they those cities and all the WNBA for the most part, but those cities in particular, they believe in their city. They believe in they and they team. So that's I love to see that. Yeah. Women's basketball is always a, a hot, a hot spectacle when it comes to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but unfortunately for you being uh, Scott in the UK, or we we kick y'all ass every year. Like the the women here, the women's football team and the women's basketball team are like nobody really touches us regularly. It's it's I don't know what it is the difference what the women are doing and the men. But that's another conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. We uh, touched on Seamus and the uh, Bruce. One of the things that's not necessarily bringing you back, but had you more enthralled again. We also have talked about the beauty that is one Sam Zane, a.k.a. Sam NYE, since he's part <laughs> of the bloodline now. Tell me about your feelings on what Sammy has been doing with the bloodline, and of course the greatness that is the tribal chief, whom we acknowledge. Well, this kind of ties in with the topic you wanted to discuss earlier. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't mind, I'll give a spoiler, so to speak. We'll, we will be talking at length a bit later about the, the PWI 500's most recent um, top 500 for the males, just the males, yep. is that correct? Yes, uh, but this is the PWI 500 wrestlers, particularly yeah. males, but some, but they do in, include women who primarily wrestle men. So there are some women on the list. But the the 150 women's PWI is coming out later this year. Okay. So the Roman Reigns being number one, uh, that's, that's a given for me. 
we've spoken before through message like WhatsApp and whatnot. We've asked each other, is this the best main event title run we have seen in 20 years? Mm -hmm. I think I said, I don't know, but we won't see it again for another 20. And I genuinely feel that way. This, there, I, I imagine, now granted I try and just ignore the zeitgeist with regards to what the opinions are. I imagine there is some unrest with fans for Roman Reigns having the title for so long, slash titles. But I have not been bored one single, single week with Roman Reigns coming out and speaking to Jey Uso. And up until now, I think it's been flawless. It's, it's like, like HBO should fucking have this. <laughs> You're right. It's, it's that, it's that very deep, layered level of storytelling that is probably real in some parts. He's saying, I'm the head of the table. I bring money into WWE. And you've got to think, he's not lying. He is the face of the company. He's he's bringing uh -huh. people in. He's putting butts in seats, as they say. And from that first, that first calendar year was... <sighs> Shockingly fantastic for me personally. Jey Uso, Jimmy coming back, Kevin mm -hmm. Owens, Daniel Bryan, Edge, and Cesaro. And it's just, I think it's kept going. And maybe with the fact that he's part, kind of part time now, it is, it keeps things fresh if and when he returns. Um, I was a, a huge fan of a, not sure if it was a six man tag or just a tag match. But it was with um, Rated RKO on SmackDown. Mm -hmm. No, no, it was actually Rated RKO and Drew McIntyre at one of the pay-per-views recently. The six-man tag, yeah, I remember that. And then they had a tag match later on in that SmackDown. And it was just the heat that the bloodline received because they were laying the waste to Randy Orton and Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew McIntyre was at the side, but... Rated RKO was very popular, and to see them thrown, like thrown in the gutter, it got so much heat, and I was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I've not seen any, personally, no problems at all with Roman Reigns' bloodline storyline. I think it's fantastic. The injection of Solo Sokoa was a, a small stroke of genius, personally. Yeah, that was fantastic. It's it's a promotion from NXT. Straight to the top, straight to the very top. But well, they are the ones, so they are the ones. But it brings me to the other person. So Roman Reigns was number one in the PWI. Sami Zayn was not in the, the coveted top twenty. And I have to, I, I'm not happy with that. To be honest, <laughs> before I go on about that. Okay, I'll just keep going on then. <laughs> well, let me introduce him first. Let me okay. introduce him. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. Your grand, your grandparents are going to be talking about this man in future generations. When uh, we leave this earth and go to the next earth, there will be hieroglyphics about this young man. We have the one, the only, the perfect 10. We have Mr. Ricky with us. The band is back together, y'all. What's up, big dog? Yes. Oh, it's good to be back. I have missed you, sir. What's up, man? 
Yeah, I'm good, Jeff. I'm well. First and foremost, I'm I'm good individually. Thank you for asking. But I'm so good to see you two back on on screen with me, and uh, yeah, us getting back to doing this thing again. Again, uh, there's no expectation of this to ever happen again. But I got you one night. That's all I needed. You look good, by the way. My my boy, back perfect tennis. Hey, Sean Spears, you you got some competition. <laughs> Sean Spears has always had competition. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, I I know you just kind of hopped on right now. We were. I was asking. So uh, Clive was telling me about some of the things that he's been watching that have gotten him kind of reinvigorated with the with the product to a certain extent. We mentioned uh, Seamus and the Brutes and kind of their almost re- blood feud out of nowhere with the uh, with Imperium, and we were mentioning the Bloodline, of course. All respect and deference to my tribal chief, but Sami Zayn in particular. Is there anything that that you've noticed? I know you're not really watching actively, but that you've noticed, whether it's on Twitter or through us talking, that's piqued your interest. And WWE or in wrestling? It could be anything. You know, you guys are just kind of coming back to the. You guys have been hiding in a cave for the past year. So you just got out, you know, you've been in a doomsday bunker. So anything you see that, that has been of just some, something that you notice that you're like, Hmm, that's interesting. Anything. I mean, Romans, Romans always interesting. Um, Seth. We were going to get to Seth too. Yes. Great, great call. Great call. um, From what little I've seen in, and obviously you see more so on, on Twitter. Um, Seth has been doing been doing work. Um, I don't know. Just looking at this top twenty, um, Mox surprisingly, I say, without having my finger on the pulse, being at number twelve is surprising because from what I've saw and what I see is he seems to be the fixer. In AEW, yeah, we have an issue here. Someone's not here, right? Mox will pull double duty, pull him in, and, and he's there. Um, so given how much I don't want to say he's washed, but given how I think average he has looked in the ring, very surprising to see him see to see CM Punk at number three. Well, so I will. Yeah, especially knowing what, we, knowing what we know now. But we have to remember this one, this is a kayfabe list. So wins and losses matter. That's imperative. And and your status on the card. And number two, the voting um, period was from the end of June to the be- beginning of July of this year. So, like, Punk hadn't lost a match in that entire time period. Um. I am blown away that my, I, many people thought Mox was going to usurp Roman at number one. We, so while we're talking about this, this was one of the topics I wanted to get to. Let me read the top 20 to you guys. For those of you who haven't seen the PWI course, you can go get it from PWI-online, the 
you can buy the actual magazine or you can get it where if they still sell it in stores where you're at. But from 20 up, number 20 is Drew McIntyre. Number 19 is Kenny Omega. Number 18 is Adam Cole. Number 17 is that man we just spoke about, uh, Seth Rollins. Number 16 is MJF. Number 15 is Hiroshi Tanahashi. Number 14, shout out to Impact, is Josh Alexander. Number 13, and the biggest shock of the entire damn list, fucking Matt Cardona's number 13. <laughs> PWI 500. Um, number 12 is John Moxley. Number 11 is Shingo Tagagi. And uh, 10, John Gresham. Nine, Big E. That goes to tell you the time period, because Big E's been gone for a minute now. Um, number eight is Vikingo from AAA. Number seven is Brian Danielson. Six is Cody Rhodes. Five is uh, Big Bad Bobby Lashley. Uh, number four is Hangman Adam Page. Three is CM Punk. Two is the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. And number one is our tribal chief. So you were talking about Seth and Mox. What do y'all think about Matt Cardona being in the top 20 and ain't none of this time been spent in a major corporation? Impact, what, maybe, what, but what you know what I'm saying. Um, the dates are from June 30th of 2021 to July 1st of 2022. So maybe it feels like it was longer ago than June 21. But when was he doing his um, his stuff with a uh, your GCW run? Mark, yes, Marks and Nick Cage. That's been all in that time. Yeah, it's all in this in this time. Yeah, period. so I would understand based on a lot of that stuff. I just felt like it was before that because it feels like it was such a long time ago. Um, it does feel amazing. So I wouldn't hate entirely on him being there because I do remember a lot of that stuff. Um, so I don't hate it. Um, it definitely makes sense. It's just, like I say, it feels much longer than you know, 12, 13 months ago um, when that was happening. And I think that was probably, that was like, you know, mid-21, I guess, to the late 21. Um, yeah. Probably closer to mid-21. So that's probably why people might be stunned to see him on it, but it still fits within that time frame. So it kind of makes sense. Because I say, he was doing, he was putting work in. Yeah, he's I mean, had whether, whether you liked him or not, whether you liked him or not, there's a different matter. But he was putting work in, and 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 whether you want to like it or not, admit it or not, he definitely built up his fan base, built up his credibility, built up his name, without being attached to any of the the top two or three companies in North America. Cal and I like to joke about this. Shout out to Rob, by the way, because he hates this. But that, you know, a jobber or a lower card wrestler in the WWE can go and become the biggest guy in the Indies just by association. And this is proof. My boy couldn't get on TV. And here we go. He's number 13. But my question for you, Clive, is, mind you, the PWI is subjective and is based on kayfabe, right? But do you think that uh, the, the the companies in which these matches matter, like when I, when I, what, what I mean when I say that is that 
a guy who didn't wrestle one match in the in the viewing period uh-huh. in AEW, WWE, or New Japan. Every match was in an indie or a super indie. And I considered Impact a super indie with no disrespect at this point. They basically, right, uh, was able to get to this level. Do you think that makes sense? Is that a fair thing? Or do you think that the companies you wrestle in should matter or hold more weight on a list like this? No, I don't. From looking at the list, there are a few names. And granted, when you look at the likes of Okada, um, El Hio del Vikingo, I'm ignorant to them. I'm, I've not watched them. So if they're, if they're killing it in New Japan and AAA, more power to them. But with Matt Cardona up there, and as you say, he hasn't been in WWE, he hasn't been in AEW. He was the next person. You weren't talking about the Indies. You were talking about Matt Cardona after those two, as far as the Western Hemisphere is concerned. Uh, and he is he is the wrestling's only two-time internet champion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I don't mean I don't mean that to be a joke. I'm saying that yeah. Yes, the first time it was a kind of joke thing. The internet champion. The internet is huge these days. Social media. Uh, a bunch of guys formed a company to rival WWE based off the power of social media. Yeah. So good point. That is a massive testament to what Matt Cardona has done. He took it. He took it by the balls and ripped. Hard. <laughs> That's a terrible analogy. Rip! <laughs> Rip! <laughs> Genuinely, that is meant as a sign of huge respect to him that he is the only two-time internet champion. He's done it twice without the machine behind him, and not many can say they've done that. And remember, too, he's the he's the first guy to really do a foray into YouTube series as a wrestler uh, with the Z True Hollywood Stories. And now being the elite is almost canon AW. All the stuff that WWE is like a top 20, 30 YouTube in the world. Like he was the catalyst for that uh, up, up, down, down with Xavier Woods. Like, yeah, man, he, he's seen the forest for the trees pr- much earlier than most people. So you got to give him credit for that. Um, yeah, the El Hijo del Vikingo thing. I don't question anything that happens below the border in AAA or CMLL because them boys put in work. So, and I've seen, I know he's wrestled some major matches and some major promotions, so I have no qualms with that. Uh, But the biggest shock to me, and uh, Rick alluded to it, was Mox not being in the top 10, let alone Mox should have been number two, in my opinion. And Shingo Tagagi, who was the world champion for a good portion of that period in, a, in uh, New Japan, just not, they're not making the top 10. But Brian Danielson, who's lost every big match in this entire year run, is number seven. So, I mean, you have any thoughts on that, Rick? 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Um, Brian Danielson, man. Um, See, I, I, I would just haven't seen a few of the matches. And, again, you can't even factor in the stuff he's done with Marks and William Regal in the last couple of months into it. And, and I, did, I need to keep kind of remind myself of that. It's probably maybe yeah, the level and, you know, the standard of some of the matches he's had is, is possibly brought him in so high. Um, the one that if I'm honest, it kind of sticks out for me, and it probably shouldn't, is number 10. Oh, John Grisham, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he, for you know, for a number, of, not a number of years, but certainly for a, a large stretch of time now, has been that guy in Ring of Honor. Um, and obviously kind of had a, a small dabble in AEW as well. And TNA for that record. Yep, so I personally just based on that last year or so I would certainly think if anyone was going to drop from that 10 along with possibly Daniel Danielson or Daniel Bryan would be them two um, like I, said, I think Mox is definitely too low I think <clears throat> I think just looking through the list as well Seth sitting at 17 the one thing that's probably hampered him is not having a major title. I think if he had a had a major title within that sort of twelve months, whether it be one in one of the you know SmackDown and Raw titles, um, would have certainly elevated him up there as well. Um, but I think there's there's a number of things to like about the list. Some of it makes sense. Some I don't think you can argue with. But certainly, that said, there's a few in there that you know. Um, it doesn't make sense. Hell, you can even make an argument that Adam Page should be sitting at number three as well. Um, yeah, but in the, but during this time period, Page lost to Punk. So. That's where I need to, you know, remind myself as a kayfabe list based on, you know, kind of when the last your record. Well. Um, yeah. So that obviously plays a factor into it, but I just feel like the impact that the hangman made. Um obviously chasing the title and ultimately winning it, et cetera, et cetera. Um is should should carry a little bit more weight as well. But like I say is it's as a kayfabe list. Um so I wouldn't I wouldn't be up and completing up rams about, you know, the the ratings and where people are sitting at the moment. Clive, pitch me Sam Zane. 
And I I love I will forever love Miro for giving for 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 just shortening people's names for no reason. So <laughs> so pitch Sam Zayn being in the top twenty of this list for me. So according to WrestlingHeadlines.com, the criteria for the PWI five hundred includes win loss record. Okay, fair enough. Titles won again, fair enough. Quality of competition. Major feuds, promise, prominence within a wrestler's promotion, and overall wrestling ability. Now, it's in kayfabe, and Sami Zayn has has not had the best of luck when it comes to wins and losses in the big feuds. Mm-hmm. But I have been a fan over the last few years of wrestlers who have a clear and almost, apart from injuries, unbroken character arc. So when, for instance, Tommaso Ciampa in 2017 through to 19, Seth Rollins since basically the beginning, you could you can map out his journey from start to now. Yep. I, I would even put Baron Corbin in that list. Yeah, um, good shout, good shout. Constant as well. Bailey, that's another one. They all have this linear map that if it was a biopic <laughs> of a wrestling story. It's it all makes sense, and I think since since the collective, twenty nineteen, the collective. The collective. What is that? Uh, Sami Zayn, Nakamura, Braun Strowman. The artist collective. Yes. Uh, yes. No, sorry, Sami Zayn. And Cesaro and and, and, and yes. So that was that twenty nine the beginning of the pandemic because that was the year Sami won the IC title from Brian at. WrestleMania. So yeah, let's go Yeah. Okay. So since then, the collective, I thought he was a, an MVP during the the studio era, as I like to call it. I think the studio needed to be filled with a lot of noise during those performance center times. Sure. Sami Zayn was one of them that provided a lot of noise. He was injured, he came back, he was in the Triple Threat Ladder Match, which was very lauded between himself, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles. Lost it again, and then this whole paranoia thing took hold, and it led to a time with Kevin Owens. And then I just think Kevin Owens, and then the paranoia just continued and continued until it came up to Johnny Knoxville, which was a big deal. And since then, again, He's merged into, he's somehow finagled his way into the storyline with the bloodline. To me personally, that is a clear line, again, apart from injury, of unbroken story arc for Sami Zayn. And I think because of that, yes, you have the bloodline and Roman Reigns, but Sami Zayn has been one of the best things in WWE TV for a few years now. He's on TV regularly. He has interesting stories. His promos are fantastic. When he wants to, he can have a, a, a banger of a match. I don't think Sami Zayn, even now, I don't think Sami Zayn is appreciated enough for what no. he's done. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree completely. Sam, um, and I think we'll get to that point. You know, we had that uh, promo a couple weeks ago when uh, Sammy and the Usos were in on Raw, and Kevin Owens came out, and Kevin Owens told him in front of the crowd, you're one of the best wrestlers of all time. You just don't know it. Um, 
So yeah, I'm with you on that. I also I also want to point out that we've talked about this a bit, but Matt Cardona, John Gresham, and uh, shout out to Josh Alexander, three guys from the mid tier level companies making the top twenty. Those are big accomplishments. Thinking of the people that they passed up. Um, I want to take a break real fast. We'll pay some bills. We're going to come back. And uh, we'll hit a couple quick more hits. And then we have some fucking quiz time for y'all. So <laughs> go buy your shirts. Go to ProRestTees.com slash chair shot. Enjoy some nice merch. Some of that good soft style stuff on your skins. And uh, help us help you with some more fire content. And for me flying around the world to get these wonderful international people on these podcasts. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Outsider's Edge, or I guess should I say for today, and today only, Ricky and Clive and friend, individual. <laughs> it was never plural, it was always me. Um, was I the guy that was on the most in the history of the show? Possibly. You may have been on more than more than me. <laughs> <laughs> the only person that can touch me is Jeremy, because it was me and Jeremy fighting neck and neck to be on this thing. Um, I think it, I think it probably was you. Um, memory serves me right. I think Jeremy Jeremy was on it three times. Three more than that, gotta be more than that, huh? Uh, no, I don't. The what three, the three or plus years you were at Social Suplex, only he was only there three times. It's got more than that. We had a few quizzes as well, Christmas quiz, invitation. Oh, that's right, we did. Remember the, you know what? Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna press my luck. <laughs> um, okay, gentlemen, you guys have, I'm sure you guys have heard all of the uh, turmoil that's been happening at AEW with CM Punk. But in the WWE, it's hilarious to me that the dichotomy has changed tremendously. AEW was the company that had the creative freedom and the harmonious locker room and uh, the ability to do the things, the rest of the matches I wanted to wrestle. And now with the kind of... uh, Promotion of Triple H to the actually now he's not an EVP anymore. He's the chief content creator or content manager or whatever it is. Just, um, now it seems like a WWE is the harmonious side. So I want I wanted to talk about Roman, but we talked about that a little bit. We still may touch on that towards the end, kind of a quick hit. But I want to know from what you guys have seen or heard. What do you think of Triple H's WWE? Are you with it? Are you not? I know Clive had some qualms, which I share. Uh, was there anything in particular that you were thinking about this that you had noticed or heard, Mooch? Rick? Okay, Fate. Sorry. Um, I think the initial feeling reading it was this may take us back to black and gold yeah yes that but yes there like, 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 like this a, is a conversation yes like uh almost like a 
watered down. Not not so much watered down, but like maybe not exactly what NXT was four, five, six years ago, or however long the period you enjoyed. But just a something similar to it because I think I think that you can expect Ron Smith to look exactly what NXT looked like because NXT wasn't on TV, didn't have you know networks etc. wanting input and didn't have this specific audience, so it would still be tailored slightly more towards the kind of contact viewers you've been seeing in the last sort of five ten years in Ron Smackdown. But just with a slightly more edge to it, not even not even edge in the sense that you know um, blood or you know um, more flesh on show. Just mean like just just different style matches. Um, still, you know, I think Triple H being in charge, where everyone you know five ten years ago would just assume that was a succession plan. And for a period of time, it looked like it wasn't going to go that way. But now that it has, I think I don't see why anyone shouldn't be excited. Um, I've obviously I've saw things where people are talking about, you know, the first thing he done when he came back. I think I can't remember who his first sign was. Now it was it was um was it Dexter Dexter Lumis? Might have been. <laughs> he was certainly the first sign. And then you say he brings back Carrying Cross and etc. etc. I was like, well, you know, it's not like Keith Lee or Adam Cole or anybody else from. Undisputed Era or, or Mox or whoever are sitting there ready to come back. Yeah, they're all um, signed. So Long term. Yeah, so I think certainly you started to see it slightly um, early on. You still see it from you know the things that I, I do see now and then. And I do see every day, it's just I don't go out of my way to be watching certain things. Um, so I don't see why you wouldn't have hopes for it, um, but I would certainly temper my expectations, because like I say, you're dealing with a different audience, you're dealing with networks, you're dealing with other, you know, a board of directors, etc. Now, um, a much bigger roster, more egos, but like I say, I, I, this is what we all thought, and this is for years and years, everyone was saying, can't we just get to the point where Vince is retiring and gone and, and Triple H gets to take over? Yes, please. I'm waiting for somebody to take my spot. Yeah, and, and without going on and on, but I just wanted to. You mentioned AEW and the troubles they kind of ran into, um, with whether it be creative or just egos running wild. The 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 similarities to TNA or Impact, mm-hmm. and there isn't. I think what Dixie Carter and Tony Khan have got in common is they had this desire and need and almost infatuation of overthrowing WWE and becoming the number one and it's almost like I don't really care how I get there I need to make it happen and I think that attitude has been detrimental to them I think bringing in Punk at the time I I personally think you could never have said no to it you know because you thought right here we go this is this sure. could be our Nash and Hall moment um, type thing. But at the same time, you must have known what you were getting yourself into. You must have known who you were going to get into bed, in bed with. And you knew at some point it was going to explode in your face. So to me, personally, I think if they want to still go down that road, and I know 
I've noticed the last few weeks that the viewership seems to be going up a little bit, and I think this week we're just shy of 1.2. Couldn't care less about ratings and viewership and demos, but, you know, to me, it's it makes sense. You would just say to Punk, thanks for the year you're giving us. You will go away. <laughs> and I would just... I, and I would just do... I would make the company what it was intended to be at the start. And I know people don't like Bucks and this role and they etc. they have and stuff, but these were your core guys and that's who you should still have and still kind of build around and and then bring in other people as well. So I think it's I think it's important for AEW to just kind of cut ties with Punk because he's not apologizing. He's not going to admit he's wrong. And you just move on from them and just realise that, look, we already have this fan base in place. And funnily enough, the last two or three weeks when he's not been around, I'm not solely saying it's down to him, but your viewership hasn't gone down. It's done the opposite. So, I, I, I think Tony Khan, the honeymoon period is well and truly over. Yes. People have their own creative freedom. That was always as well going to come back and bite you on the backside. You have to limit that, and I think he's now starting to realise that I can't be everyone's friend. You you don't have to like me, but you will respect me, type thing. And I think no matter what you want to say about WWE and Vince McMahon, some people would say some stuff. Some people would, you know, tweet out or not say anything or say stuff later on. But the stuff that happened with Punk, etc., <sighs> if that ever happened on Vince's watch, you'd guarantee that you'll feel it one way or another um, and, that's it. and don't get me wrong Austin left you know didn't come back Shawn Michaels was different in a sense Kurt left you know so people will come and go people will defy events but you know more often than not it's going to hurt you the more it's going to hurt him and to me the, 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 the image or the persona that Vince gave out and what we thought of him was that he just, you know, I don't give a shit. In my company, you know, it's, I'm the boss. You want to be here, you can rot away. Must be nice. Kind of thing. So I think Tony can start to run into those issues. Um, and I think one way or another, he needs to sort them out. And I think the first step, the correct step, would be to let, just allow Punk to go. Um, because you can't continually have you know, tournaments for your titles. You know, what's going to happen now when Punk does come back? Are we going to have yet another unification type thing, uh, you know, a champ versus interim, interim champ again? It's just like, you know, it's you can't do that. Um, so, like I say, he's, he's finding out now that, shit, this isn't, you know, all, you know, roses and, you know, blissful walks and whatever. Um, it's, not, it's not a walk in the park, as we would say over here. Um, you want to jump in, Glenn? Well, with regards to the, the Triple H changes, th- there is a, a feel-good factor that's going on just now. You have the longer matches with fan favourites that are being played out live TV, so it's almost like it's a substitute for the pay-per-views because the pay-per-views are still certain people that are involved. But... TV, you have the longer Ricochet matches, for instance, uh, and the weekly crowd, for instance, Seattle, there. 
they may not get to see Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne in action in a pay-per-view, but we'll see them in TV. And we saw the reaction that that Imperium versus the, the Brawlers match got. Yeah. So I think it's helping to to elevate the other the lessers the lesser stars in a wee bit with the TV. I think as well that there seems to be more there is more edge there. I mean we'll look what happened to the Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins a couple of weeks ago. Is that there's let, let's I mean we might laugh at it, but the thing that's that's going on with Dexter Loomis and the Miz a lot of people, that, that's a serious issue for some people. Uh, they've got stalkers. It might just be online stalkers, and it's a lot more prominent than physical stalkers, but that might put, throw people the wrong way a wee bit. So there is a notable change with what Triple H is doing, and I saw the logo for the, the black and gold logo come up as well for NXT. So it seems to be doing a lot. I think the issue with having these long matches on TV, there's still the issue of people not getting TV time. One person I'm surprised, now correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a, an avid Raw watcher, is, Must, is Mustafa, Mustafa Ali, is he injured? He is wrestling on um, main event, no. But, he, but, he, but he, he's been teamed with Cedric Alexander on a couple matches on Raw over the past couple yeah. months, so he has been on Raw. It's just, he seems very much like someone that Triple H would like to be at the forefront of his product, even in the mid-card role. He hasn't been. And he's quite outspoken with regards to how he's used or lack thereof use on TV. So there, there are still people who aren't getting TV time. We had two or three years of releases come June, June time. And a lot of them are coming back. Braun Strowman, um, Dexter Loomis, I went blank. Dakota Kai. Yeah, like, Hit Row. Uh, hit, hit Row. That, that was a surprise. Um, many others that I can't remember off the top of my head. So, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I was a big fan of these people. I loved Hit Row and, and NXT. Um, I liked the way that Johnny Gargano's um, dysfunctional family unit and Johnny Gargano's back. I liked all that, but I'm not sure how I feel about those people who've been let go and coming back, which is weird. I, I understand that's a weird opinion, but it's as if someone at the top has decided we didn't value you, but then someone else has come in and said, now we do. How permanent is that? Um, who was it that actually made the decisions? Was it Vince or was it Nick Khan with regards to who to let go? Yeah. So I feel as if all these returns is, is a bit odd. Um, at the same time, there are some things that are still continuing, as in the Judgment Day, which is just... Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Edge's last year, he said he's retiring in a year's time. Is that correct? Yeah, he's supposed to be retiring sometime around August next year. So I'd imagine maybe they're going to do a, kind of like a SummerSlam. So since since Edge called, or since AJ answered Edge's 
rally call. I've not been on board with Ed at all. Uh, I, th I think the Judgment Day has been a terrible example of how to portray a stable because they have lost almost every PLE, as far as I can remember. Uh, I, I don't know, it's just there are some things that are continuing. Judgment Day, when Vince was still there, didn't do anything for me. And now it's getting even worse when you've got um, Eddie Jr. who's joined ranks. So it's some things are interesting, as I say, hypocritical, where I enjoyed the Imperium versus the Brawlers, but that means other people aren't getting time. So you might run the same risk that happened before. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there, Vance, but no, I no, thought you were going to say something. No, it's, it's what I've always, what we always say in our podcast was, you've got, what, three hours of Raw, two of SmackDown and two of NXT. Seven hours, and if you throw in, you know, the three hours at AEW, you've got ten hours of wrestling. And when I was talking earlier on about Dexter Lumis and Karrion Cross and etc. And people are saying stuff like, we're still doing this, we're still doing that. Across both shows, watch what you like. Every single storyline is going to meet your needs. You know, um, when you watch a, a long-running soap, you know, or a programme, not every single storyline within that, you're going to find interesting. You're going to skip through some of the stuff. And it's just the same wrestling. Just pick and choose what you like and pick and choose, you know, what entertains you and just watch that. Because, like I say, Rance might like one thing and I might shit on it, yeah, and then yeah. vice versa. You know, so it, it's just that people, people haven't changed, people won't change. Um, but, like I say, I think from... I think both companies, if I'm honest, and all the initiatives that I talking about Triple H, but I think both companies need to make some tough decisions Mm -hmm. in order to, to continue to grow and get where they want to be. And I think, and I don't know if, if you wanted to talk about it or not, and I don't know if I'm going to segue us into it, I think Triple H, one of the tough decisions he's got is what to do with Roman Reigns. Well, yeah, so actually that's what I wanted to go next uh, to kind of put a bow on it, but let me kind of retort to what you guys said real fast, if you don't mind. Yep. Um, number one, I think we we only the news is a dangerous and, and necessary medium because there are certain things that you'll only find out from the news. But because of that, the news has the a possibility in the jurisdiction to tell you whatever they want. And so when I say that, what I mean, I'm, I'm alluding to the fact that we were led to believe by our news medias, mediums that Nick Khan was behind all of the firings. When the only thing that the people in charge kept saying is, one person makes the decision, and that's Vince. If Vince don't want him to go, they're not going. Fast forward now, and every interview we've had since Vince has left has been like, well, Nick had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so it makes you wonder, right? And ultimately, even if Nick had a list, Vince could say no. It's his company, right? So that's number one when you allude to the people coming back and whatnot. As a guy that watches every every hour of the product, WWE has a noticeable air of 
intrigue about it now. There's more pep in people's steps. The the crowds are a little more engaged. The storylines are a lot less like nonsensical. Okay. Um, there, yeah, right. The fo- focus is the perfect word for it. Thank you. Um, there is more of a precipice and a focus on the mid card titles and the tag titles. I mean, we just brought back the women's tag titles that main evented Raw. You know, the go home Raw for a paper. I'm sorry, a PLE. Um, so like there are some very noticeable pros, the, but I, the things that bothered me, both of you guys alluded to, and I don't want to say bothered, that I'm concerned about, which can possibly lead to this next Roman conversation is I like that the people, I don't want everybody to be brought back, but all the people that have been brought back so far have been brought back for a reason and are contributing. Mm-hmm. All of them are. But I am concerned for those who have been around the entire time and are not being utilized. Like, I think of a guy like Omas, who has been a major part of the show and just showed up for the first time since Money in the Bank this past Monday. I think of a guy, even though he's on the lower end of the totem pole, but was regularly utilized like Reggie and the whole 24-7 division. Ain't been on TV since Triple H's been in charge. Don't know if it's... Veer, yes, yes. We've been waiting on Veer for a year, had Veer for a month, and now Veer gone again. Like, these are things that are concerns, I think, for people because uh, as AW in recent months has shown us, no matter how much creative freedom you have, no matter how harmonious your locker room is, if people aren't getting TV time, it's not going to matter because there's going to always be some unrest. Um, so that is a battle that Hunter has to face himself. The black and gold thing bothers me because I'm the type of person that when the t- toothpaste is out of the tube, you can't put it back in the tube, can't put it back in the tube. So I don't like to go backwards. I like to go forward. So if this new black and golden white or golden white or whatever it is, is a hybrid of the original idea and the 2.0 idea. I'm with it because the entire point of NXT was always to be a feeder system for Raw and SmackDown. When you had the whole top part of the card saying, we don't want to leave, we want to stay here forever, the, the system was failing. Um, but there are questions. There were issues. But this is what you want from wrestling because if everything was perfect, we wouldn't have anything to talk about, which leads us to the tribal chief. There have been... Again, we're talking news and rumors here, but rumors of discussions and concerns about the possibility of getting one of the two title belts or championships off of Roman without getting him pinned between now and WrestleMania. That is the one thing I think that you spoke to earlier, Clive, that people have had an issue with Roman. By and large, even the biggest, most ardent Roman haters have acknowledged that this run has been fantastic or good at the least. But the fact that both titles have been involved since April has hurt and helped Raw. Like now there's a lot more ability for stories, but there's no central point. Like Seth Rollins now has to face Bobby Lashley for the world title for the US title, when both of them should be fighting for the world title. That hurts. It hurts the it hurts the product, right? Roman doesn't work Mondays. He only shows up when he needs to. So, like, that hurts. That's the three-hour show, but then Roman's going to take up 30 minutes on SmackDown, 
and then you don't get people like Ricochet wrestling matches, right? Um, but I want to ask you guys, if you, what I'm even going to go with the assumption, because the assumption is we've all believed that it's Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania. We don't know that's happening or not. Cody should be back around time for the Rumble, I'd imagine. Um, but is there any way we can re- rectify this double championship situation? I have an idea, but I want to hear you guys' ideas first. Go ahead, please. Clive? Okay. Now, this may sound as if I'd already texted these exact words earlier, so it's quite easily scripted. <laughs> I can confirm that is not the case. And by the way, while I'm on this call, do not mention Cody Rhodes to me. Okay. Who? Exactly. So, right. There are some options. First of all, I am still of the opinion like I want Roman Reigns to be the champion till my pubes are grey. Okay. I, wow. I'm genuinely. Seems a horrible person. <laughs> I'm about to say, how old are you, Clive? What, 54? 55? Uh, 36 and stressed. <laughs> I'm just giving you our time, y'all. Um, no, like I genuinely like, I love everything Roman Reigns does. The the, the press conference, the music, just uh, anyway. This isn't the um, the Giga Chad appreciation ever. So if we're looking to take one of the belts, at least one of the belts off of Roman Reigns, currently you have Sami Zayn that's floating about as part of the bloodline, but as we saw when. SmackDown was in Montreal a few weeks ago. All it takes is a couple of halluva kicks and DDTs through the, the middle ropes and Sami's a face again. So you've got Sami Zayn, you've got Kevin Owens and Raw and Drew McIntyre. They're still sniffing about the bloodline. They're still circling, trying to find a way in. Um, so that, that's four guys. If, and I think the way things are going, maybe when, that Gunther loses the Intercontinental title to Sheamus. First of all, that would be a, a beautiful moment because, as we all know, that's the only title that has eluded Sheamus. Uh, add Gunther into the mix, the main event scene, because he's doing a damn good job in his, in, in his induction year, so to speak. Um, and since he's back, since he's big, since he has unfinished business with Roman Reigns, let's put Braun Strowman into the mix. We have Survivor Series coming up. We've done a lot of the Raw versus SmackDown for a few years. Let's change it up a bit and have a chamber match. So you have Roman, Sammy, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Gunther, and Braun Strowman in a chamber match. If the shenanigans are believable and they're not um, throw your throw your remote control off the wall, annoying, it can be done then if it was a big deal, if it was the right person, if it was the right booking. That's one of the options. Okay. Uh, second one. Again, this is based off the premise that Seamus uh, wins the IC title and he and Gunther are finished for a while. You could have Imperium versus the Bloodline for a while. So you've got a tag title feud. Uh, and then eventually you'll have a title feud between Roman and 
Gunther. Despite how impressive they are, I think Imperium are easy to boo. They're easier to boo than the Bloodline. So I think in that small time frame, you have uh, the possibility of the Bloodline being cheered. Just at TV tapings and pay-per-views. I mean, you could have a pay-per-view the December one, a TLC pinfall match, where it's Bloodline versus Imperium. Fantastic. But then, then at the Royal Rumble, you've got Roman Reigns versus Gunther. That's a money match. We all know it. Hardly fought, hardly contested. <clears throat> Gunther comes up short due to some bloodline interference. Uh, so Roman wins the match at the Royal Rumble. But over these two, three months of this going on, in the background, personally, and it's something that's starting to grate on me a bit. Austin Theory has to be more of a threat because right now, and it's been a curse of the money in the bank briefcase holder, maybe more often than not, that they're not believable. And Austin Theory is, yes, he's great comedy. We saw that in NXT. We saw that when he was pairing off with Vince. But it's come to the time now where Austin Theory has to be treated more seriously. And he has to be, as a result, presented more seriously. So whether that's a case of him being off TV for a while, or he's in a feud where he's facing off against a super over babyface, where if he beats him to the to within an inch of his life, Austin Theory is a super heel. Something needs to be done to Austin Theory to make that cash in at the Royal Rumble believable and acceptable at the same time. Uh, the other option is, if it happens, and I would love it if The Rock came back, cost Roman one of the costs Roman one of the titles and said, "I'm not here yeah. for the titles. You've been running your mouth. You're perfectly aligned teeth of a mouth, saying you're the head of the table. I, I think you'll find I'm the head of the table." And Roman versus Brock. Yes, I, I used to be against the, the part timers, but as we all know, I've mellowed in my opinions and things. But that is a story that writes itself. The Rock coming back to say, I think you'll find I'm the head of the table. So those are the three options. I know I've, I've went on for a bit there, so Ricky, apologies if I've trodden on your toes, but your thoughts, gentlemen? For, for, the, for, the, record, you for the record, the answer cannot be Bray Wyatt, okay? <laughs> that cannot be Thanks your answer. <laughs> That's with Ricky, everybody. Go ahead, man. I would keep it much more simpler. I think Roman needs to drop the Raw title. Yep. So the WWE Championship, yeah. Yep. And does it without losing? I don't want to see him in a triple threat and the other person pins. Another challenge on Roman doesn't get pinned because still that's technically still that's not technically as a loss. I would just have him rock up on Raw. I don't care about this brand. I built SmackDown. SmackDown's my home. Blah 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 blah. Take your title and just walk out. Oh, I would then actually, have a tournament and I would I would crown Seth <laughs> as a champion. Yes. Um, Roman can still run his mouth, etc. etc. Um, I think you can do it in time for Survivor Series where you could still get Roman versus Seth. Um, 
I, if you're going to do the rock thing, I think it's obviously inevitable that Roman retains. Personally, I wouldn't because, as you both know, and people who listen to our show all the time, I always preached and said, in ring over anything else. I just don't think that would be a good match to watch. I understand Rock coming back, having WrestleMania moment, etc., etc. But I've always preached, give me 30 minutes of the two most mundane, boring wrestling cards you can find, but in between the rings, they're geniuses. Um, and his name's Taboo, but I used to always basically say, I'm talking about the likes of Chris Benoit. I couldn't care less how you are on the mic. I don't care. Who? How... Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but that's the way I would do it. I'd have just have him drop the title and say, I couldn't care less about this. It means nothing to me. I'm going back home. Um, I know all roads, no pun intended, no, all roads, obviously, <laughs> everyone thinks, are leading to Cody versus Roman. Uh, I think you're, you're uh, talking about Connor Cody from the Fantastic uh, Everton yep, Topics, yes, right? Yes, yes, okay. Everton, yep. Gotcha. I think the one thing I'd be worried about that is I would be wary of the fans suddenly turning and shitting all over Cody like you think they would do if he beats Roman. Um, I mean, if I'm honest, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Cody beat Roman. Um, uh, I sure as hell wouldn't have Austin Theory cash in. I just when I look at Austin Theory, I just look and I say, "You don't look like, you know, world champion material." You, you know, there's just, you know, when you look at someone, it's a whole what they call the eyeball test. And you look at them and say, "You just don't pass that eyeball test for me." Um, That's an interesting take that one. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason behind it. There's no, I don't believe I've got any evidence or proof to back up, other than when you just look at something, you say, nah, that's not right. That doesn't look right. No, I don't agree with that. What um, if he was presented seriously, like I, I said? What if? I, I don't changed? think it's got anything to do with his presentation. I think I just look at him and say, you're not well, the one. Regard, no matter how you do it, you're not the one to knock off Roman. I used to, well, yeah, well, ninety-nine percent of the people in the world are not the guy to beat Roman, but the whole, but the presentation thing is it's important because I remember I used to feel that same way about Andrade when he was in NXT when he was still wearing the uh, the fedora and the I wanna I wanna steal your girlfriend suspenders, and then like he got serious. And then went back to kind of the old Sombra type deal. And I was like, oh, he's for real. So, but I think a lot of the crowd agrees with you, both of you, presentation and eye test. Yeah, Austin Theory got a lot of people to prove wrong. See, the eye test isn't a problem with me. The, the, my, the way I posited it was because of the, the Gunther feud, the Imperium feud, the fans are cheering Roman more. Than they are cheering Imperium. Yeah. So if Austin Theory was to come in, it would be heel heat. Heel heat, and it might be the, the cheap nuclear heat, but it's still heat, and it works. Heat is heat. Heat is heat. I'm so, I'm with you. I mean, we saw Seth Rollins. Some of the better cash-ins we've had Edge and Seth Rollins. They had strong years as briefcase holders. 
uh, Seth Rollins had that feud with Dean Ambrose and then with Randy Orton and then that killer triple threat at the Royal Rumble that year. Uh, Edge had Matt Hardy. We all know how legendary that feud was. Well, so he just not had that yet. What you're alluding to is, even if you ignore the feuds that they both had, they held the briefcase for three, almost 300 days, both of them. So the longer you hold the briefcase, the more fuse you'll have, clearly. Um, and I think that's kind of the problem with cash-ins now is we've conditioned ourselves to think that the cash is going to happen quickly now. And since Money in the Bank was in July or June, and he's still holding it here in, in September, we're thinking, well, what was wrong with him? Well, nothing. It's like he's been three months. Like, exactly. you know, we get into it. It's a good point. That's a good point. And, that, and, and that, that is funny you say that is because... I remember one time I was going to write and writing stuff about Brock and you know, like I, I think one of the and I remember I sent it to Clive to see how he thought about it. One of the sentences I used in it was as modern society along the lines was that we've got everyone on our fingertips and we want everyone now. We've got no patience. And it's like if you just let it kind of run its course, you you know, it might his my opinion of it might change, other people's opinion of it might change. I think one thing is will be interested to know is what Triple H's opinion of him is. So I will say this. I don't know, and I want you to expand on that thought, but I, I will say Triple H is the one that gave him, that helped push to push to push him heavy and evolve. Triple H is the one that signed him immediately when he was evolved contract was up. Triple H is the one that put him in those positions um, when, like, when they put him with... Uh, Excuse me. Put him with um, uh, Zelino when Garza got hurt or Andrade got hurt or sick, and put him with Seth when that thing fell apart. Like Triple H was behind those things, so clearly he's pushed the dude tremendously. So I don't know if he's a believer like Vince was, but like Triple H definitely likes the kid. He's bounced back plenty of times. The only thing then would be that. He cashes in on Seth or whoever the, the champ is over on Raw. If they go down the route with Roman, just decides to drop it because he doesn't care about it. Um, <laughs> well, okay, you, you so you say that, but what was it? Was the match at Royal Rumble with Bobby Lashley and uh and um Brock when Roman came in and hit Brock with the title? And he tossed that thing like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Such a great gift. Like that's that's Naito levels of don't give a fuck. Um, can I give you my two example, my two ideas? One, the only thing, so one, one thing I want to add on to mind was that if we didn't get Rock, or even if we did get the Rock, he the Rock's not winning. And if Roman held it say through to SummerSlam or something, I think you know. Um, the only possible scenario outside of Cody beating him that I could possibly think of in a convention would be that the, the lights go out and we just hear Jesus Christ oh my god oh is Waylon Mercy back? <laughs> no no we have, to, we have to let him in or we have to run sorry we have to run Listen, I would have 
Gap XL menswear. Chino's wearing Bray Wyatt beat Roman Reigns before I had that fucking Cody Rhodes. Listen, I can't, I can't right. go. I oh would, wow! Cody I wouldn't. I would just allow cult leader Bray Wyatt to come back and just win every single title. Ladies every and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't understand what the word bias meant to this moment, you understand now from both of my compatriots, Rick <laughs> and Clyde. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's my two examples real fast. Um, and then we'll put a bow on this, and then we will get to some quiz time so we can get out of here. Uh, I know it's late for you guys. Thank you for staying up with with me, but um. One of these I stole from a Twitter idea, which I liked. So I'll give that one first. Actually, no, let me give my the first other idea first, which is the simplest idea of all everything we, we've all said. Just have them say, we have uh, Adam Pierce come out and say, look, um, we're going to have to strip you of one of the titles because as our deal with these, with the comp, with the network, USA Network is demanding us have a world champion. And like Mooch said, have Roman say, I ain't going. It's okay. Well, we're going to take the championship back and put it for up for grabs in the Royal Rumble. The winner of the Royal Rumble wins the WWE championship. Mm-hmm. That's one. The Twitter idea, I kind of liked. And it kind of harkens back to like the Ruthless Aggression era. So I know you probably don't know what's going on, but uh, you probably don't. I know Mooch hasn't watched. You may not know. But Solo Sokoa made a surprise return back to NXT this past week and beat Carmelo Hayes to be the new North American champion. Oh. This idea from this, and if I knew, if I remembered who it was, I would shout you out, so I apologize. But the idea was that, well, just make Solo and the North American champion the new SmackDown mid-card championship and have Gunther go to Raw and have Gunther versus versus Bobby and have the IC and the US title merge and become the World Heavyweight Championship. And now you have the World Heavyweight Championship back on Raw and the full-on WWE Undisputed Championship on SmackDown. So, that is interesting. And Gunther versus Bobby Lashley. <laughs> uh, Solo Sokoa uh, from he's still a young guy. I think I don't think he'll have any issues. He's a an anyway. He'll be fine. Yeah. What that person has suggested sounds very permanent, though. Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Which is a bit of an issue, I would say, because. Knowing knowing how much changes are constant in WWE, it won't be permanent. So we'll feel a bit, uh, it might feel a bit empty. That's fair. And like you said, they change and unchange things on the daily, on the regular. So I mean, it it could be good today, and then five years from now they could like I. So uh, Mooch, I don't, I I haven't a uh, Ricky Depp look. Sorry, you guys know at this point know these guys' real names. Ricky, uh, I was I have a, a quiz for you guys, and it's on the United Kingdom. Five uh, general UK questions and five UK wrestling questions. And I was looking up some information of the old European Championship and talking about things that just changed for no reason. 
Shane McMahon retired the championship and Midian found it in his bag like five months later was like, can I have this? He was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and Midian was the European champion. So for all we know, they could bring back one of the IC or US titles in a similar manner. You never know. Um, I, I just got a message from my brother to ask me, did you guys want to have an, uh, NXT, some NXT conversations? Because that could be a full-on... You know I'm NXT free. We could spend a good minute on that, or you want to get to this quiz time and get on out of here. I will let the decision be to the guests. I mean, I haven't watched NXT in a long time, so my input in that regards would be quite minimal. Okay. Well, look, so what we'll do is we'll do what, what uh, the number two rule of showbiz is leave the crowd wanting more and maybe I'll be able to get Clive or Rick or both on sometime in the near future and we'll have some good NXT talk because that you know NXT has always been a a near and dear to me and Clive's hearts in particular so we're going to take one more break and we're going to come back with some fucking quiz time and maybe we'll have Mr. Clive, do the music live in real time. We'll see. We'll be right back. I'm going to start the guitar and pass it to my brother, Clive. You going to give me a live rendition? Why not? It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and Rands. A fucking double, you double, no. A fucking United Kingdom quiz. Fuck the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I've missed that so much. Ladies and gentlemen and everybody else, <laughs> we are, uh, for today, the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show with Friend, a.k.a. Rants. And I have some quiz time for my good brothers. Um, I have done a quiz, 10 questions, since both of these beautiful young gentlemen are from the wonderful Kingdom of Scotland, which is a part of the United Kingdom. Uh, I have picked five. And by the way, and yes, the Queen Elizabeth has passed. Uh, all hail King Charles, I guess. Mm. Can, can I just say one thing? Do I, need, do I need to cut it out? Do I need to, this, oh, is, no. this is, oh God, okay. The I, thoughts I, of I, Clive, the thoughts of, of, of no. Clive, Bert James Cliverton are not mimicked of that of the chair shot. Or it's some serious. You're you're worrying about nothing. Uh, I I just laughed at SmackDown last week. Uh, when uh, maybe about half an hour in or so, Michael Cole was saying to Corey Graves, uh, "We lost a legend this week." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was as if he was talking about like Bruno Sammartino or something. <laughs> <laughs> as if it was as if like the Queen had been a, a guest GM on Raw one week or something. <laughs> Well, on. well, do you know what the Queen was on? Was was she was on an episode of Ross Mountain a number of years ago? She was she was front row at SummerSlam with Davy Boy beat Brett. <laughs> <laughs> she was a the timekeeper. Oh my God, that's funny because I did hear that and I did ask myself, wait a minute, what? It's like, oh, it's just, oh come on, Michael. So for those for those for those of you who have not had the 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 true genuine pleasure 
of a Ricky and Clive quiz. Uh, the way we do this is, like I said, we have, I have 10 questions um, all about the United Kingdom, five general United Kingdom questions and five res- United Kingdom wrestling questions. And the two quiz takers, Ricky and Clive in this uh, instance, their buzzers are traditionally a wrestling uh, phrase or or something just 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 uh, just do it or what, just bring it or whatever uh, woo or something of that order. Um, just do it. Was that not unique? <laughs> look, man, I, I had a blank. A blank. <laughs> I blanked live while I was talking. That's well, that number five. Shia LaBeouf. That's who it was. Well, Shia LaBeouf wants you to do it too, and what Shia LaBeouf wants you to do, you probably should not do. Um, <laughs> so uh, the gentleman has to pick. Uh, their wrestling catchphrase or saying. Uh, Rick, do you have yours? Mine, I will stick with tradition. I have never changed mine. He has mine not. Mine has never changed it one, not once. Mine is I, I spit, spit in the, in the faces face of people, people who don't want to be cool. Word to Carlito. This is true. All right, Clive, what you got, brother? I, I am going to change mine. And mine's just going to be that empty-headed fucking dumb fuck had hangman out of page. In the show's over. Clive wins. Clive wins the show. <laughs> you want to use that one or you want to use the other one? I got a lot of things to get off my chest. Oh, that no, that was for the NXT chat when we when I come back on. No. I, I, uh, what was the what was the name of the bakeries again? Oh. oh, Mindy's. Mindy's Bakery. Mindy's. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the reviews people are leaving on her on their website are hilarious. It is it brings me so much joy. Okay, let's 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 do this and get out of here. I'm gonna do the UK questions first. The well the UK general UK questions first. All right. So I think I would hope these are easy, seeing as you guys just happen to, you know, live there. Question <laughs> Question number one, what's the capital? Like, no. Question number one, what is the last name of the royal family? That empty-headed fucking dumb fuck hangman Adam Page. Clive. Windsor. Well done. They are the House of Windsor. One point House for Clive. Of, House of Black. <laughs> well, hey, man, maybe that, could they be the next Fa- the next royal family. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine Alistair and Zelina? <laughs> she's the queen of the ring. Okay, second question. You guys know Big Ben, the clock tower. What is the official name of Big Ben? I'd like to remind the listeners that both men live in the United Kingdom. We are also... I know, but we're also Scottish. We're not English. Uh, and, like, quite anti-British. <laughs> okay, so yeah. should I just skip the question? <laughs> no, I mean, that's... that's. I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. Rick, what you got? Right, I might get the two of them mixed up. So there's two words, 
if I get them mixed up, they'll still get the they'll still get the If you say the words, point. I give you the point. Yeah, I give you the point. The tower clock. You know what? I'm gonna be generous. It was it used to be called the clock tower. In twenty twelve, the name was changed to the Elizabeth Tower. That was the Diamond Jubilee of old Queenie Pants. But it was called the Clock Tower. It's actually the bail. The bail itself is Big Ben, nothing else. Well, see, I learned something today. There you go. I didn't know that. Big Ben up close is very, very unimpressive. It's quite small. How many? There's so many of these landmarks that ain't shit when you see them. Like, I think I've. I think I've told you guys about my uh, visit to the Alamo, and I got there and I was like, "My room is bigger than this fucking place. What are we? What is this? What are we doing?" <laughs> okay. Question. By the way, point for a uh, point for Rick, a point for Clive. Question number three: What is the most populous country still under the British monarchy outside of the United Kingdom, and populous in terms of population? I just spit in the face so people don't want to be cool. Ricky. Australia. No, sir. Very, very good guess. That empty-headed fucking dumb fuck Adam Page. <laughs> Mr. Punk. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Clive. India. No, they are not on a roll anymore. Oh, right. Okay. This is a bit of a trick question because neither of you would ever guess this. Australia's number two for the record, Rick. So you were right there. Would you like for me to give, for me to give the answer? No, no, no. I, I might give it a get it. Ricky the Royalist. <laughs> Ricky the Royalist. Nah, the, no. the, the Duke of Dunbar. I <laughs> I'm just running. I'm just trying to run through the Commonwealth countries in my head. Mm-hmm. Swaziland. <laughs> <laughs> they probably at one point probably owned all of Africa, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. I remember when the Commonwealth Games were in Glasgow and I saw some Swaziland athletes in Soccer Hall Street. Uh, they had tracksuits with Swaziland on their back. I was like, hey, that's fucking cool. <laughs> that was very, you know, <laughs> being 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 friends and brothers with you two has taught me that like Glasgow. And Scotland, and as a whole, is way more diverse than I thought, and that's oh, dope to me. Oh yes, uh-huh. that's dope to me. Very diverse. Yeah, I can't think. It's fantastic radio, by the way. Amazing podcast. Uh, take your time, by the way. I'm I'm just giving you our time. You can I, take your time if you. I pass. Oh. I. I you pass? I'm surprised it's not Australia. It's, it's going to be like a small country. Nope. It's just going to be over. It's it is not. It's not a small country. Uh, that's that's your hint. That, it is not a small that, country. That empty-headed fucking dumb fuck, Hangman Adam Page. Clive. It's the fact that Punk used his whole like nickname yeah. on stage name. <laughs> the audacity. Yeah. Good point. Uh, Canada. <laughs> it is Canada. Surprising. Canada has Australia beat population-wise by 11 million people. 
I initially too going into the question thought it was Australia. So I'm right. That's why I settled right there with you. Clive, two points. Ricky to one. Number four, and this is I'll give you two points if you get both of these answers correct. Oof. What is the body of water named between Ireland and Great Britain, and what is the body of water that is was the body of water named between Europe and Great Britain called? You can get one or both. Um, I, feel, I feel like we should I have in the face of people don't want to cool. Right. So you mean, wait, wait, wait. Europe, do you mean between England and France? Yes. That's the English Channel. Okay, one point. And do you know? The Irish, the Irish Sea. Two points for Ricky. Well done. See? Go ahead. Go ahead. What's that? I'm I'm not I'm not uh, heckling the quizmaster, but th- that's something that we see on the Weather Channel all the time. Well, I didn't want to give all hard questions. Like oh. <laughs> I wanted to give some easy things. Like how how you know one one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, what was the last family uh, before the Windsors to, to to control the kingdom? Like I don't want to be a dick like that. I don't want to be I that. The Hanovers. Is that is that real? Well, I I, I have a, a poster on my like my wife and I are big loyalists. <laughs> 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 no, no, historians. Sir uh, Sir list, to of Alexandria. We have a list of all the kings of all the monarchs that have ruled Scotland since like Kenneth McAlpin in the eight hundreds. All the way down to Liz. The, the poster's actually out of date now. Was it James who who? Well, actually, you know what? Hold that thought because Clive's going. Clive's going to answer this question now because question seven is. I'm mean, question five is, and I'm pretty sure Clive's going to get it. What year did Scotland become a uh, part of the United Kingdom? No. Was that was that you trying to buzz in? No, that's like a. You're talking one year out of a lot. Okay, so to give some context to the answer to the question, the the last king of Scotland became the king of England. Oh, right. And then the king of that's but not that year. Then the year that they created that they that both of those became a part of the United King, the Kingdom of Britain. That empty-headed. Fucking dumb fuck, Adam, Hankman, Adam Page. Go ahead. Sixteen oh seven. Not sixteen. I spent the face of the cool. Go ahead. Seventeen oh seven. Seventeen oh seven. Fuck. Do you know, despite being a, a part-time historian, I always mix up the when someone says the fifteenth century and the fifteen hundreds. I, I still can't compute that. Yeah, that messes with me too. And by the way, sixteen oh three. Do you know the date? Year. I do not. I do not know the date. No, you want me to find it? No. And I believe it's sixteen oh three. Clive was uh, the other year you were talking about uh, when King, was it King James or whatever was the last King of Scotland that became the King of England. Yep, and King James, he basically travelled from Edinburgh to London. He literally walked down 
and knighted every fucking Tom, Dick and Harry on the way down. <laughs> just because. <laughs> so, King Charles definitely ain't doing that shit. KC3. Uh, <laughs> trouble, 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 trouble. Cooking, All right. cooking, cooking. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they love, they're going to love us over in the, in the UK. All right. Some wrestling questions, gents. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> You'll get this. The, what's the score? The, the score, fuck. 4-2 uh, to Ricky. Yes, 4-2 because Ricky got the exceptional seven. Yes, 4-2. Thank you, because I had to really think about that shit. Um, okay. Yes, okay. Um, question number six. Who was the first ever WWE European champion? Oh, shit. These are the best questions, y'all, where it's like you know it, but you're like, Damn, I can't think of that. That was a question in one of our previous quizzes. And by the way, I promise you, you guys are overthinking it. That's my thing. Yeah, it's... That empty-headed fucking dumb fuck hangman Adam Page. Yes, sir. If I'm, if I'm overthinking it, I'll go for Davy Boy Smith. That's the correct answer. Bridge Bulldog. Four to three, Rick. Okay, now this one, this one may be a little harder. Question number seven, who was the last WWE European champion? And there are two names I will accept. That empty-headed fucking dumb fuck Adam, Hangman Adam Page, Adam Hangman Page. Clive? Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, Uh Jeff Jeff Hardy. Well done. Jeff Hardy was the last champion and but he he lost the title in a unification match. Do you know who that was? Okay. No. RVD. Yeah. So we have a tie game, ladies and gen- gentlemen, and everybody else. I gotta find a better way to say it. Everybody else. I don't. I'm I'm trying to include my non-binary and. Those people who don't identify with either gender. I'm trying to be more inclusive, so I'm getting there. Number eight. Who held the WWE European Championship the most reigns? And there are two people that I will accept the answer for because they are tied at four reigns apiece. Well, you know the answer to the hardcore title. (laughs) I'll never give you a hardcore title quiz. You know that. Ricky loves it hardcore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, um, that empty-headed fucking dumb fuck hangman Adam Page. Clive? Bradshaw. Good guess. Not correct. That's a very good guess. I think he held it twice. My God, Michael. <laughs> Ball game, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need? Did you say it as a tie? You need both. No, I can take one or the other. I'm fine. I don't need both. He's putting the faces of people who don't want to be cool. Yes, sir. Shout out to Kyle D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown. You know the other person? You want to take a shot at him? It's either Triple H or Willie Regal. William Regal. 
Triple H won a few times as well, I think. He only won it once, I think. Did he? Twice, yeah. twice. Two? Twice. Two, three. Yeah, because he won, he won the finger poke match, and then Owen beat him for it, and he beat Owen back. Yeah, twice. Maybe there's a third rate. I, I don't remember, but I believe it's twice. Okay, so we are at 7-6 to Rick. Um, those numbers may be off, but I know Rick has to leave by one point. Who number nine? Who was the first ever WWE United Kingdom champion? That fucking empty-headed motherfucker, Adam Page. Clive. Tyler Bates. This is what I wanted. Perfect. Oh, Correct. Why? Why are you saying this is what you wanted? Because it was tied in the last question, and the last oh, question right. better be worth like ten points. He's getting no. his own back on you. He's getting his own back because of the, <laughs> the invitational. I want you to name all of the Doctor Who doctors and no, no plan. I'm not going to yeah. do you like that. I, I could. Like, I could, but I wouldn't. I know you could, but I, but I know Rick can't. And finally, I, my I, restitution. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't admit to things like that, Clive, if I was you. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> mate, hold, hold, as the Scots say, hold the bus. We're here talking about guys and women in spandex and covered in oil, and you're slagging another geek culture. Uh, yep. Key thing being there, women in spandex. We're here to talk about, we're talking about guys in spandex. Not a doctor, not a doctor. A fake Talk doctor. Talk about guys that's <laughs> um, not a fake doctor, you fucker, you. Is, so, he even actually, is, is he actually a doctor? I've never watched Doctor Who, or is no. he just someone who's called Doctor Who Magical Pills? I mean, he's it, it, quite good with the old first aid, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a doctor at all, or she, because I think it was it the last one was a do- two two doctors ago. Two ago, I think it was. Yeah. Okay, the last question, number 10, is worth one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven points. So you could have just lost and not answered any single question before it, and you could have got the final one right. And you well, no, I, I just made the decision to make it for 11 <laughs> points once you tied. I was going to make it only one, but it was making it interesting. Um, so... You can write it down. You can tell me live, however you want. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna count them. You'll get the point when you name the answer individually. The question is, I want you to name the names of every pay-per-view ever held in the United Kingdom. And I'm not talking NXT UK. I'm talking regular WWF slash WWE. There have been eleven. No. Can can I ask a couple of questions first? Of course. Are you including glorified house shows? Was it on the pay-per-view? It was on a pay-per-view over here. Then yes, I'm including that. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it's been 11. Right, I'll, it, I'll message you directly. Okay. 
You gonna message me, Mooch, or you wanna send me over a live on air? No, I'll just say them on air. Okay. Well, well wait, wait, for, wait for him to write them down. While Clive is writing them down and sending to, sending his answers to me, you have been listening to the Outsiders Edge podcast on the Chair Shot Radio Network, where you always use your head. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com and get some Chair Shot merchandise. Um, some of that good stuff on your skins. Get them soft style. Uh, you can find your boy at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as a Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Of course, my good brother, uh, Dakota to my Kenny, Mr. Kyle Morris, is at Dr. S'mores. Um, of course, the good gentleman here, well, one of them's on, Rick is the only one that really is on Twitter nowadays, but they're at Ricky and Clive. Shout out to Social Suplex, by the way where their show was on, is on. I don't know what the situation is, but at Social Suplex. Yes, sir. Uh, two things. Yes. Three things. Yes, shout out to Social Suplex. I did tweet recently because I told Walk Culture to take down an article. <laughs> 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 uh, they said that this, uh, they said that Drew Gulak wrestled his first match in 330 days. It's a fucking lie. He was wrestling regularly in May with the whole Gunther carry on. So take it down. And that's Jamie Kennedy, who's a Scot. He's the ICW colour commentator. And he grew up near me and he's a liar. Oh. What was the last thing? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not going to plug at Rick and Clive or the podcast or anything. But I want to give a shout out to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Yes. It had been it had been a minute since I had consumed wrestling opinion media content content, uh, and I saw that Mindless Wrestling po- uh, podcast was coming on to the chair shot. And I thought it sounded just like a weekly review show, and I said to myself, you know that's what I'm looking for. Just even if it's just a play by play, I'm into that. But Mindless Wrestling podcast, they've got their heads. Uh, Level-headed, they like the bit of the banter. I think Mindless Wrestling Podcast is great. So, if they're listening to this, shout out to you guys. And if not, Rance, feel free to tell them I said hello. Sure. Uh, sure. I'll plug Ricky and Clive. You can find us on Twitter at the Ricky and Clive. And one day we will return with our podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I need to come back myself. I'm coming back myself. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll plug us since Clive didn't want to do it. I'm claiming this shit. I'm the I'm the Jack Nicholson gift right now. Yes. So I hate so now Clive. I mean, no, Cl- Clive is a homer gonna the hedge gift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hiding the hiding like a <laughs> I have so I have some bad news for you, Clive. I maybe I didn't exp- exp- explain what I meant better. I didn't mean like the actual show each year. So I meant like the actual eleven names of the different shows. So you have eight, but you only have four technically. <laughs> Do you want to think about it again? No, there's no point because he's lost. I have SummerSlam '92, I have Rebellion, I have Insurrection, and I have Clash at the Castle. So he has four. Can you be so, four? Yes, I can give okay. you ten. I don't know the eleven. Okay, go ahead. Those four they mentioned. Mm-hmm. SummerSlam, Clash, 
but I'll just run them through the way I know it. This is where Tony Khan got inspiration for his Friday night shows. UK Rampage. Well done. It was either Royal, it's not Royal Rumble, it was either, I think it was, was it called? Battle Royal or Battle Royale or whatever it was at Albert Hall. Correct. So, for, for the for the record, you haven't, for the record, the answer cannot be Bray Wyatt. Okay. <laughs> that cannot be Thanks your answer. For me, <laughs> That's been Ricky, everybody. Go ahead, man. I would keep it much more simpler. I think Roman needs to drop the Raw title. Yep. So championship. the WWE Championship, yeah. Yep. And does it without losing? I don't want to see him in a triple threat. Another person pins. Another challenger on Roman doesn't get pinned because still that's technically still it's not technically as a loss. I would just have him rock up on Raw. I don't care about this brand. I built SmackDown. SmackDown's my home. Blah 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 blah. Take your title and just walk out. Oh, I would I then actually, have a tournament and I would I would I crown Seth as a champion. <laughs> yes. Um Roman can still run his mouth, etc. etc. Um, I think you can do it in time for Survivor Series where you could still get Roman versus Seth. Um, I, if you're going to do the Rock thing, I think it's obviously inevitable that Roman retains. Personally, I wouldn't because, as you both know, and people who listen to us all the time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.